back to the Crossover Across Time podcast. We're back for our Friday episode for the first week of the conference finals. Uh, today's date, May 19th of 2023. I think I've been failing to do the dates on a couple of the episodes. But anyways, uh, I am your host, Carson. Welcome to the show uh, or welcome back to the show, whether you've been listening previously or are new to the show. Uh, both ways, we appreciate the support and um Go ahead and dive into things. We don't have a, a huge show for you. We're just summarizing the last couple of games, uh, the game twos in each conference final series. We'll cover the latest news, chat a little bit about the conference final series so far, preview those games for the weekend, and then uh, then wrap things up. So let's go ahead and dive into it. And we'll start with Thursday's game, game two of the Western Conference Finals between the one seed Denver Nuggets and the seven seed Los Angeles Lakers. And the Nuggets take game two. Another close affair. Um, from what I saw, it looked like this one might have been a little bit more close throughout. Whereas, you know, game one, if you recall, Nuggets built a big lead and then the Lakers made a late push. Um, regardless, Nuggets win at 108 to 103. They claim a 2 0 lead going into Los Angeles. Um, so the Lakers, of course, pretty disappointed to not be able to steal a game on the road, but uh, to have that opportunity to win both at home, they're still in a somewhat okay position there. Um, not the end of the world, uh, all things considered, in, in that respect. Um, yeah, looking at the flow, the Lakers actually led for big chunks of this game up through second and third quarter, um, leading by as much as 11 at a few different points in this game. But then in the fourth quarter, uh, one Jamal Murray stepped up to have a huge uh, fourth quarter to help lead the um, Nuggets to victory. Uh to be specific, Jamal Murray had 23 points in the fourth quarter, which I'm sure is top five or top 10 in highest scoring quarters in playoff history. Um, be pretty, you know, guaranteed in, in saying that without really double checking beforehand. But um, regardless, let's go ahead and get into those box scores uh, for the game. For the Lakers, LeBron James uh, and Austin Reeves was 22 points each. Uh, leading the Lakers in scoring, tying the lead there. LeBron, 22 points, 10 assists, 9 rebounds, 4 steals, 2 blocks. Uh, 3 turnovers, missed all th- 6 of his 3-point attempts. Um, productive overall, but the scoring, you know, not as high as we've seen or have come to expect from LeBron in, in playoff series past. Um, Reeves, 22 points. He's been big for them so far in the series, has he- helped keep things close. Uh, Anthony Davis, 18 points, 14 rebounds, four assists, four blocks, and a steal. Um, you know, the all-around defense, great. The rebounding, great. Um, his his offense just wasn't there. 26% from the floor, only made four field goals, and that's going to be tough for the Lakers to overcome when he doesn't have that offensive output. 21 points off the bench for Roy Hachimura. He had another solid game. D'Angelo Russell with 10 points. Five assists, two steals, a block. Um, so there's some encouraging things things for the Lakers, but also some things where they just didn't get those specific factors that they really needed to um, to really give them a great chance to win this game. Meanwhile, for the Nuggets, Jamal Murray, 37 points overall in the game. Again, as we mentioned, 23 in the fourth quarter. He was 42% from three and made six three-pointers. Um, Ten rebounds, five assists, and four steals. He has been continuing to elevate his game to the levels that we saw in the uh, 2020 playoffs in the Orlando bubble. Um, And he's really providing that level of play alongside Jokic that they need in order to really be, 
championship contending. You know, so that's been phenomenal for them. Jokic, 23 points, 17 rebounds, 12 assists, three steals. Um, and it just seems like, I mean, I watched a good chunk of this game. It just seems like no matter how, you know, solid Anthony Davis is inside, Jokic has just been a little more solid. He's just a little more stout, able to to track down those rebounds a little bit more intuitively. Um he has the assists. He has the con- more consistent offense. He's just outplaying Anthony Davis up to this point in the series. Um, alongside them, Michael Porter Jr. with 16 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists. Uh, 12 points off the bench for Bruce Brown with 5 boards, 3 assists, a steal, a block. Aaron Gordon, 10 points, 4 boards, 2 assists, and a block. So, pretty decent game. Not quite as well spread as the other game, but uh, you know Murray and Jokic leading the charge, and that's really all they need. And now Nuggets in a very comfortable position going into Los Angeles. They just grab one of those games and they've got a 3-1 lead. Or they even, you know, see if they can make a push, sweep the series, and then go into the finals, which they're hoping to do. But if they were to do that, they would go into the finals with, uh, you know, a swept a swept conference finals. And they would potentially have a rest advantage versus uh, I, the winner of either Miami or Boston. So, um. Again, LA has that chance that their next couple of games at home to, you know, lock in, get the home court advantage uh, or use the home court advantage rather, have that fan backing to be able to not up the series two to two. Um, but if they lose one of those games, it's going to be um, DEFCON zero for for lack of a, a better comparison. So that'll be something to watch even more, um, you know, concerning for another team that this is maybe defcon negative one uh if we're going to jump to today's game the boston celtics miami heat so we're talking the eastern conference finals the two seed boston celtics versus the eight seed miami heat and uh first two games in boston of course but miami won game two miami holds a 2-0 lead in the conference finals with the next two games back home in miami uh the heat getting both game one and game two victories in boston and that is very, very concerning for the Boston fans as far as their chances to win this series. You didn't get either game at home. And now going into Miami, a place with a, a, a great fan base, a great home court atmosphere, a ultra confident team that is getting better and better. The ankle thing, which was a small concern for Jimmy Butler in the, the Knicks series and the, the conference semifinals, the second round. That seems to minimize in concern. It's almost, you know, you're not even thinking about it at this point. Um, yeah, the Heat win game two, 111 to 105. Um, after, and it's similar in some ways to that Nuggets game. The Celtics had leads, big chunks. The Heat led at points as well. There were nine lead changes throughout, and the Celtics actually held their biggest lead of the game or had a tie for their biggest lead of the game. They led by 12 points early in the fourth quarter. Um, and the Heat rallied in the fourth quarter took the lead back, stunned the Celtics, and uh, put the Celtics in a t- very tough position going on the road in Miami. Um, but let's take a look at the box score for this. For the Celtics, Jason Tatum was great. 34 points, 13 rebounds, 8 assists. Uh, Jalen Brown, not as stellar as we've seen. 16 points, 4 rebounds, 3 assists. Not terrible, but just a little bit off. Um 
13 points each for both Robert Williams III and Malcolm Brogdon. And they both also had two blocks and one steal each. So we expect that defense from Robert Williams, not always from Malcolm Brogdon. So that's very impressive. 11 points for Derek White off the bench as well. Um, And then not a ton of scoring from either Al Horford or Marcus Smart. So um, Tatum, very good. Brown, a little bit off. And the rest of the team, not able to kind of meet enough of an offensive effort to to match what the Heat were able to put out. Uh, Jimmy Butler, 27 points, eight boards, six assists, three steals, two blocks, doing everything. He only attempted one three and missed it. He was nearly 50% from the floor, made three free throws, and just dominated this game in a very old-fashioned way um, to his credit, and he's been doing that to great effect through a lot of his career and in this playoffs in particular. Caleb Martin off the bench, 25 points. And he shot nearly 70% from the floor. Phenomenal game for him. Bam Adebayo, 22 points, 17 rebounds, and 9 assists. A near triple-double um, dominant game from the, the all-star there. 15 points off the bench for Duncan Robinson, who was 3 of 6 from 3-point range. And then 11 points in the starting lineup from Max Struess. Uh, and uh, again, credit to Miami. They have been... So far in this series, the better all-round team. You know, Boston had the better regular season record. We thought going into it that they had a, a great opportunity to win this series. Um, but we've been underrating Miami, it seems, for most of this postseason. And you would think we would learn by now, you know, after, okay, well, they uh, they surprised us in the first round. Um, going up against the Knicks, that you know, maybe it won't be as easy. You know, maybe they, they caught a break with the Giannis injury for those couple of games, but then they, you know, they thoroughly control that Knicks series for the most part. Okay, well, that was great. But now they're going against Boston, who's a tough team again, and they've got their health and they're getting into a, a good rhythm and they've got a tool lead and they're getting better with every series. They keep disproving people. And at this rate, you pretty much have to forget the seed the regular season and it's tough to do that because that has value but at the end of the day and based on what we've seen so far you know in 12ish games or however much it's been um you know this is just as good as a team last year that was a couple of possessions away from making it to the NBA finals at least at the very least they're that good um they very well could be better Jimmy Butler could be better and if this team beats the Celtics, they can, you know, they they finish off the series and go to the finals. Whether it's the Nuggets or the Lakers they face, I think they stand a great chance of being able to win that series either way. You know, they they deserve to be in this conference finals. They deserve to have made it this far in the playoffs. They've earned it. They've gotten the job done. Um, and there's no there's no flukes about it one way or another. So um, that's the credit that we need to to be paying them and Jimmy Butler in particular. You know he doesn't always have those flashy stats. We look at his stats every year, and you know the scoring isn't always ultra high. He's really you know well rounded with the rebounds, the assists, defensively. We know he's a total impact player, um, but just because he doesn't always shine with these statistical marvels of regular seasons, he gets left out of you know. Up front, he gets left out of MVP conversations, but he also gets left out of 
all NBA conversations or, or all-star mix sometimes as well. And so, um, you know, you kind of forget he's there, but as soon as the playoffs start, he's right at the front. You can't, you can't forget him once the playoffs start because he's been so electric and so phenomenal, you know, and I think, um, you know, this heat team has been writing contention the last four or five seasons, really. They've been right there. They've been ultra competitive ever since Butler gone there, went there ever since Butler has gone there. They've been phenomenal. And it's only a matter of time before he wins a championship. I really believe that. I think, you know, it will be very soon, if not this season, then next few seasons, Jimmy Butler will win an NBA championship. That's how phenomenal he's been. And he's a, he's a throwback to, uh, you know, your Michael Jordans, your Kobe Bryant's, your Kevin Garnett's, that mindset, that intensity. He still has that, that ultra uber confidence, you know, that seems at times out of place with a modern NBA or at least the fan perception of a modern NBA, you know. I think that that confidence and that competitiveness is there. It just kind of shows itself in different ways um, with different schemes and so on. But Butler feels very much like that throwback player. Um, so credit to him, credit to Miami. They've got the lead. Now Boston is in a real tough situation trying to get the a win in, you know, they, they got to win both of these next two games, in my opinion. You know, they've got to be able to do in Miami what Miami did in Boston to show that this is an evenly matched series at the very least. Uh, more so to show that they have a chance to win the series. That's what Boston would really like to do. And if they if they let one game, you know, they, if Miami takes at least one of these games at home, you know, the odds are that Miami takes both at home. They're, they're favored in both games with that home court advantage in that sense. But um if they're not able to get both, Miami gets that 3-1 lead, then um as I've said time and time again with the the series up in the up to this point in the playoffs that have been 3-1, we know how that story goes. And so um that's where we're at. Um we'll give you the schedule in just a moment, but real quick, let's go ahead and chat some key news. Really, we only have two items. Firstly, some award news. Uh, Stephen Curry of the Golden State Warriors, he has been named the 2023 J. Walter Kennedy Citizenship Award winner. Um, congratulations to Steph, and also I'm excited to see that award return. We hadn't awarded that, uh, I say we, the, the NBA hadn't given out that award for a couple of seasons. Um, the last recipient had been Malcolm Brogdon in the 2020 NBA season, and I had thought that the NBA had you know, let that award go by the wayside. They weren't, they weren't going to be giving that award out anymore. Um, there's a lot of history behind that award. They've been doing it since I believe the seventies or eighties. Um, a lot of phenomenal players uh, have won that award, that honor. And so I'm glad to see it back. It's a, it's an award given by an outside body um, separate from the NBA or the NBA media. Um, and I forget the exact qualifications. I didn't pull those up, but, um, you, you know, you can, it, it's available online. It's, it's a great award. It's got a lot of history and, you know, Steph Curry, certainly well-deserving. He's, he's a great credit to the NBA on and off the court. So congratulations to him. The only other note we have, uh, the NBA, uh, there's a, 
an announcement on uh, you know in, NBA communications on the NBA website as well. Uh, there will be the inaugural NBA Con to debut this summer, and it'll be July seventh through 9th at the Mandalay Bay. Um, yeah, Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas. I was going to say Mandalay Bay Casino, but I think it's actually got like multiple facilities attached to it. There's the hotel and casino. There's um, connected buildings. I guess the uh, Las Vegas Aces Arena, Michelob Ultra Arena is connected to that, which I just didn't know about. Um, and so that, that's interesting. And I hadn't heard about this. I'm not sure if this is just the first they're announcing it or the first that it's really been a big push. Um Tickets are f- for sale, I guess, at nbacon.com. Um, it, you know, NBA convention uh, looks like they're going to get a lot of NBA players, past and present, involved. Kareem Abdul Jabbar is a big headliner. Mike Conley, Tyrese Halberton, CJ McCollum, Trey Young. And then uh, the top draft tra- prospects, Victor Wenbanyama and Scoot Henderson, are also listed uh, as being part of it. Um, Let's see, getting into what it will actually have and what fans will do. Let's see, this is a direct quote from the NBA's website now. Fans will be able to transcend the boundaries of, of the court with a variety of exclusive live experiences that align with their own personal interests, including through, uh, and then this is where we start bullet points, the latest trends in NBA fashion and sneakers with NBA players showcasing their own unique styles alongside exclusive drops of limited edition apparel and accessories. Live entertainment performances by chart-topping artists with a focus on those who share a love of basketball. If I had to guess by chart-topping artists, I mean um, artists who have happened to land a feature on actual chart-topping artists' songs and or albums. And so you're probably just going to get that next step below. And I don't mean to diss the NBA, but that just seems a little bit more realistic. I don't imagine they're going to have like Oh, I, you know, Jack Harlow, Drake, um, Kendrick Lamar, like they're going to have all the headliners. They're probably going to, they might get one and then they'll have a lot of the, the guys below that or guys and girls below that. Um, hopefully I named the correct guys and or girls as the top artists. I'm uh, exposing myself a little bit there. I'm not as in touch with current popular music as you would think for a guy that is not that old. Anyways, um, exclusive shoppable NBA con and NBA product drops from limited edition apparel to rare collectibles and everything in between interactive brand experiences that unite the worlds of basketball and technology and blah, 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 blah. appearances and meet and greets live podcasts. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it's interesting. I'm sure it'll be good. You know, I, it, it could be very interesting. There's parts of it that sound interesting to me, but other parts that just kind of sound, you know, see how much of your money we can get, which I suppose is not totally abnormal, but um, it's interesting worth, you know, worth looking out for keeping an eye out for if you're a true NBA fan um, and you really just want to get involved with the, the, the sport and the league as much as you can. And you're near Las Vegas it's worth considering, I suppose. Um, but I don't know if it's, you gotta be there, you know, but anyways, that's, uh, the only two news items we had, um, as far as discussing these series. And we've done a lot of that already with just those game summaries, but, um, we've, we've given the credit to the heat. I guess we can talk to Celtics perspective, you know, as far as, uh, I mean, the teams exceeding expectations, the heat would be that team as far as 
just the expectations we've misguidedly put. Um, and the Celtics have failed to meet those expectations. And really, I don't think that they've played bad. And the same holds true for the, the Nuggets-Lakers series. I don't think the Lakers have really played bad in that series, too. The Those series have just seen the two teams with the leads have inspired play, real focused play. They've been locked in, just locked in a little bit more, you know. And the other teams have had players with off games, not able to put it up, put all the pieces together for the whole 48 minutes, you know, whatever that is. But um, it, despite both series being 2 0 leads, I think these series are far from over. You know, if you if the winning teams get a game three victory, then you can lock it in. Um, but if these if the other teams are able to respond with a big game three victory, um, that's going to confirm the fact that, hey, we got a long ways to go. Um, I think it was Kenny on Kenny Smith on Inside the NBA was talking about or no, it was Charles Barkley. He said, you know, there's there's that adage about it's not the first to one. This was after game one. It's not the first to one, or I'll add this part. It's not the first to two, not the first to three. It's the first to four, right? So even if you have that 3-0 deficit or 3-1 deficit, you know, there's the odds stacked against you, but you, you, you the series isn't over, and you can still win that series. And so with 2-0 leads, you know, there's the teams in the leads are in great positions, but we should not count out the teams that are down. That being said, the Celtics, you know, Again, they have the tougher task. Whereas the Lakers going home, they've got pretty good position, and we've talked about that already. You know, and again, neither team that's down has been ultra disappointing. There's been some disappointing elements, but the teams they face have just been really locked in. Um, uh, and and these questions, you know, exceeding expectations, failed to meet expectations. These are the same. Um, conversation points we've done with first round and second round. The third one of those that we've done with the others would be what is one series pick you would amend if given the chance. And it's tough because again, with big leads, it's, it's easy to question both. Um, Technically we didn't have none of our hosts brackets had any of these teams in the conference finals. Um, but let's theoretically say before these conference finals started, we had locked in picks. You know, we talked about it with, with Wyatt before the, the conference finals started, as far as we both kind of felt the Celtics had a good edge in that Eastern conference series, Western conference. We, we weren't quite as sure, um, felt like it go, go either way. Um, but I feel like we, quite honestly, both of us with the Western series did kind of find ourselves leaning with the Lakers in some senses. And so it'd be easy for us to second guess both of those. And I think it'd be valid in second guessing it. But, you know, of the two, you'd probably say you'd change the Miami pick because, again, they've won both series, both games on the road already. And we've now talked that point to death on this episode, I'm sure, but but that would be the reason you'd amend that pick if you had to just pick one. But um, again, neither series is over. I think it, we've got a long ways to go. And uh, game three is going to be, you know, I said it was game two, but especially game three, game three is make or break. You lose 
you're down and you lose game three and you're down three Oh in the series. That's pretty much the final nail in the coffin. Um, because from what I remember, no team has ever come back from a three Oh deficit in a playoff series. And so it's a tough road, but it's technically still possible. So, and that hasn't even happened yet. So we'll see what happens with, uh, with game threes. And let's go ahead and give you the, the details on those game threes. That gets us to our weekend previews. Here's what we're looking at. First of all, all of the times that we'll get for these games are in Eastern Standard Time. So keep that in mind as you're planning your schedule and what games you'll, you'll be able to check out with your, your weekend. Uh, on Saturday, we have game three of the Western Conference Finals at 8.30, and that's going to be on ABC, uh, if you remember. It's that partnership, you know, kind of partner channels, ESPN and ABC kind of act together. Um, so Western Conference Finals, game three on ABC at 8.30. Uh, it will be in Los Angeles, the seven seed Lakers hosting the one seed Nuggets. Then on Sunday, we'll have game three of the Eastern Conference Finals, 8.30 on TNT. The eight seed Miami Heat hosting the two seed Boston Celtics. And finally, on Monday, we'll have game four of your Western Conference Finals. The seven seed Lakers hosting the one seed Nuggets again, ESPN 830. Um, so this weekend, we'll get game three and four for the Western conference finals and just game three of the Eastern conference finals. So it'll be lopsided a little bit on our Monday show with our coverage. One series having four games completed, the other having three. Um, There is that outside chance that we come back on Monday and the Western conference finals is over. Um, There is that statistical probability, but uh, it's not ultra high. So it'll be interesting. Uh, with that, that's really the bulk of our show. Let me go ahead and give you our this day in history fact before we wrap things up. Uh, for this one, going back to 1976, May 19th of 1976, and on this day, Hall of Famer and 15-time All-Star Kevin Garnett was born in Greenville, South Carolina. So, happy birthday, Kevin Garnett. I believe I saw it was his 47th birthday. Um, one of my favorite players of all time, if I had to pick my starting lineup of... Um, you know, favorite players at each position. He'd probably be my power forward. Um, yeah, he's he's great. Love his uh, his energy, his play style, everything he brought to the game. So, that being said, uh, that takes care of our show. Real quick, I'll plug our Instagram page. That's crossover across time on Instagram. Um, all one word, no capital letters. We share content from the show. Uh, and we also do our best to like and share content from across the NBA. So that page, along with the podcast itself, that combined is a great way to stay up to date with what's going on in the NBA, uh, as well as uh, getting that historic perspective, which we hope to provide uh, in some senses with the podcast. So uh, that's about all we have. We, again, appreciate your support, and we'll be back on Monday and we'll check in with the, the where we're at with the conference finals then. We'll likely have Wyatt on the show, but we'll be back on Monday. See you then. 